Bangarang Radio, Bangarang Radio, BangarangRadio.com. In three, two, one. Press play. Ooh. Let's get decadent. I'm going out. I gotta go. I'll bang a ring on the radio. So turn it up. I'm telling you. I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello. It's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello. It's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. You're listening to Pop Punk and Pizza on Bangarang Radio. Hey, what is going on? It's been a been a long week, <laughs> to say the least. There's so many things going on right now. It's like a ton of chaos, a ton of stress, but there's also been so many amazing things happening. And I want to make sure I start the show off today just by simply saying thank you. Thank you if you're just a listener. Thank you if you're a band that has wanted to be on the show. Thank you if you submitted your music to play. Thank you if you're a a PR person or or someone in public relations, uh, management, whatever it is. Thank you so much for just showing interest in this podcast. It's just been amazing the last couple weeks. I've really been racking up some amazing interviews, and I've never been more excited about the future of this podcast. So thank you so much for that. I would give you a hug right now if I could, although that might get kind of weird. But just know that I really care for you deeply right now and in a non-weird way. (laughs) Anyway, I don't want to talk too much. My name is Jacques Lamour. We've got a long show for you today, so I'm going to try to keep this intro short. So our special guest on the show today is Craig Miller, the frontman of Zombie Schoolboy out of Chicago. He's a guy that I've been a fan of uh, his musical projects for a long time over the years, and I was really excited to talk to him a couple weeks back. In fact, we actually did a Facebook Live video of this podcast, so you might actually have heard some of this conversation already if you watched our Facebook page. I've been trying to do some more live videos on Facebook lately, so make sure you like us on Facebook. In fact, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Pop Punk Pizza Pod, so make sure you hit us up there. Keep up to date on everything that's happening with the podcast, but also when we do live videos of uh, interviews and stuff like that of shows. So Craig Miller is here. We're going to talk about their latest single, Hey California, which they just released not too long ago, and it was recorded and produced by Ryan Dawson of All Time Low. Um, We also talk about other stories that Craig has experienced through his musical career. He's got some really interesting stories, like he's got a story with him and Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup, and actually his sort of connection with All Time Low from when they were first coming onto the scene. And anyways, just some great stories. Um, but, But before we get to Craig, Craig Miller, I actually have an exclusive premiere of a song for you before it hits streaming platforms this Friday. So that's what we're going to get to right now. What's up, guys? It's Jacques Lamore from Pop Punk and Pizza, and I'm super stoked to have Tyler from Fluorescence on the show today out of Chicago. This is like the first time I've ever done an exclusive premiere for a song to where we're playing it before it's even 
out like on streaming services so i'm super stoked to be doing this i've been wanting to do more of these things so uh so what's up tyler hey how's it going uh we're super stoked to be on here too this is the first time we're premiering a song also uh so it's exciting experience for sure so let's talk about the the song is called seasons and are you a person that struggles with the the changing of seasons you know i think you know i got certain seasons that i'm partial to and others that you know don't sit so well but um i i don't know i look at the the seasons as like kind of a time for change and i try to look at it through a positive perspective and i guess that's kind of what the song's about is you know, kind of pushing forward through, uh, you know, through the tough times, mainly the winters. Yeah, the winters yeah. are brutal. <laughs> oh, they especially are... Chicago, you know. Yes, and you know what's hard for me, too, is the fall. Like, because that's like the precursor for me. Like, I start to get depressed, and then by the time winter rolls around... No, just... I love fall, though. That's the thing. It's like, I love fall so much. There's no allergies. It's just... Uh... It's it's my favorite time of year, but yeah, I know it's it's, it's winter's coming next. It blooms, and uh, you know, yeah, it, it, the song definitely tackles that kind of thing. It's it it's written to try to keep positive no matter what time of year it was. I guess. And so, who else is in the band besides you? Go ahead and list them off. All right, so I'm uh, Tyler. I play guitar and I do vocals. Um, then we got Bobby, who does bass and also is a. Uh, Sings actually lead vocals on Seasons. That's going to be his first, uh, you know, debut song as a singing on a fluorescent song. Um, then we got Sasquell, who's on rhythm guitar. And then Alex, who just joined up with us. He's uh, on drums and other percussion. And you do have a show that we should talk about. Uh, the song is the song is actually being released onto all streaming platforms, right? This uh, Friday? Yes. This Friday the 27th? Um uh, well, next Friday, yeah, uh, Friday twenty seventh, yeah, yeah, live right, right away. And also in correlation with that, you guys have a show at Subterranean in Chicago. Yeah, we're playing upstairs Subterranean uh, for the first time, so we're real stoked about that. So before we listen to seasons, uh, give us your socials and your website where people can find you after they listen to the song. They're like, "Damn, these guys are awesome." I'm I'm gonna you know I'm gonna follow them on social media you know uh, obviously pre-save the song or whatever they need to do there and find out more about the band when more is coming out. Yeah. Uh, okay. So fluorescence spelled F L U O R E S C E N T S because a lot of people have been spelling it wrong lately. Oh, dude, I, I spelt it I spelt <laughs> it wrong too. I had to look. I was like, oh shit! And like I got to look this up in the email he sent me. It's actually it's hilarious because uh, every time we see it like spelled correctly, we kind of we kind of sigh in relief because we're like, all right, we are spelling it right. Cause it is like the biggest common misconception ever. Uh, but yeah, so always you before the O. Uh, you can find us everywhere on Facebook, Spotify, um, Instagram, Twitter. You know, definitely Spotify though. That's where all our music goes live first, uh, and Apple Music. So that's the best way to do it. And then yeah, seasons will go live at you know. 12 or 1 a.m., I think, hopefully, as long as everything goes well. Okay, cool. Uh, do you have a website, too? Yeah, we do. It's uh, fluorescencechicago.com. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm stoked to uh, play this for the first time ever for people to check out. Seasons by Fluorescence here on Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you.
keep on pointing your fingers It's just you and me You're stronger than both You and me So keep on Once again, Seasons by Fluorescence out of Chicago here on Pop Punk and Pizza. An exclusive because the song doesn't hit all streaming platforms until this Friday, September 27th. Also downloadable platforms as well. And if you happen to be in Chicago or the Chicagoland area, they're playing Subterranean uh, this Friday as well, the 27th. Go to fluorescentchicago.com for more info. Or you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, I believe, as well. Thanks again, Tyler. That was fun. I hope we do uh, more exclusive premieres here on Pop Punk and Pizza. I'm always down, so hit me up, bangerangradio at gmail.com. I think it's best before we get to uh, my conversation with Craig Miller of Zombie Schoolboy that we play their latest single, Hey California, which I mentioned earlier was produced and recorded by Ryan Dawson and turned out really well, in my opinion. But I think this will really set the tone uh, for the interview and also so you know what we're talking about when we're talking about the single because there's some he talks about how the the song kind of came to be and he talks about specific parts so when you hear the song uh you hear the song first now and then when it comes up in conversation later you'll actually know (laughs) what craig is talking about so this is hey california by zombie schoolboy produced by ryan dawson and recorded actually by ryan of all time low
You got to have, so we're starting the the podcast off with Mama Grisano's, which we've had on the podcast a lot. You know what, on the way here, I I saw Anthony's Pizza. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's where it's going to be. You know, that's a pizza place that I eat quite often, but I don't think, I don't think we've ever had it on the podcast, actually. Now that I think about it. There's a challenge for you. There is a challenge. There's just so many. Um, No. No, we've never had Anthony's. Although it is good, uh, fr- uh, Wednesdays and Sundays, half price pizza. Oh, we can't beat that. But you have to. It's dine in only. Oh, okay, okay. But it's still you can't beat it, sure. especially if you're hanging with like a big group of people or the fam or you know whoever it is. But here, man, dive. Let's try this. Dive right on we got, in. We got flies on it already. Seriously? I wonder. Oh my gosh, she has like a little. Uh, looks like a little fruit fly or something. Yeah, you got to double up. You got to double up a little bit. So Craig Miller of Zombie Schoolboy, and, you know, you should feel extra special, not just because, you know, you got the pizza. I always feel special. Well, (laughs) I would hope so. But um, I say it because you are experiencing me for the first time. Uh Uh-oh. Drinking white oh, claw. He's getting, this is he's getting clawed for this the first is, time. <laughs> this is it. So I've got the uh, the black cherry. Black cherry is good. I think a lot of people actually prefer black cherry. Yeah, I like. The I rad- know you got the raspberry. I like raspberry. Yeah, I got the the four variety pack. So I'd but I, I figured we would try it before it's out because I hear there's a shortage. Yeah, but you know what? The um, the Casey's down the street had plenty of it. I think it maybe because you're in the sticks and no one knows about it yet. Probably well. There's probably more people that drink it in the suburbs and in the city yeah. than way. It's the like hell a down suburban here. mom drink, yeah, <laughs> <for sure. laughs> or just white dudes in bands. You know, I think there are a lot of band dudes that drink this now. <laughs> I mean, I, I started drinking it as a joke, uh huh, and then I was like, and you know what? Like, this it's is... not bad. Although, I've kind of moved on to Bon and Viv. Then that's a different one, right? Different one, yeah. I've noticed, I th- but it's lower calories and no sugar added. See, that's what I, I've I've been told is the the uh, whole appeal of it. It's not even like maybe it's not even the taste, and this does taste kind of like how I expected it to. Yeah, I mean, it tastes like it tastes like what uh, the I, I remember when I was a kid, and uh, every weekend, white claws as a kid. yeah, we were drinking white claws as a kid. I started young. Um, I lied. I, this is not the first time I've had one. Um, no. When uh, every weekend when we'd go grocery shopping or I'd go grocery shopping with my mom, I'd always get those like they were like a buck or maybe under a dollar seltzer waters at Aldi. And they, they'd be like in a liter bottle or like a two liter bottle. 
I don't know, man. I think your mom might have not liked you much. <laughs> I'm thinking you might be right. But anyway, I remember always getting those. And there was Most kids get like pop or like a Coke. Or we get pop, but I, I mean, this was something that- cola. I mean, this was something I wanted. It wasn't like- Gotcha. You know, but, um, but yeah, that kind of reminds me of that because there was like black cherry and strawberry. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. talking about that? Yeah. I thought you were talking about like-, like seltzer water like you were getting a giant liter no of like the, the flavored kid. carbonated water like what this is except it's got alcohol in it oh right you i don't remember no, no. <laughs> i mean they still they still make i, I remember a black cherry like soda from like jewel or something yeah well, there's that too. That's but that's soda. This I don't. Was, I don't remember a, a flavored this, like. No, this was like water, huh, okay. and it was. I don't know if it was considered a seltzer or not. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe that is what it's it's labeled as. I don't know. But regardless, this is my my first time eating it, and I'm super stoked. It's good. Drinking it. Yeah. Or did I say eating it? Yeah. I meant. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's been a long day. I've been up yeah. since like. Four. It's, it's already getting to your head, man. I think I need to eat some. Pizza He's already been clawed that bad. <laughs> I've already been. See, just. I'm gonna try a little piece of this pizza here. I'm uh, I'm a couple sips in, and I'm already ruined. Where's this from? Mama Grisano's. Mama Grisano's. There's That's a plug. That's just sponsor the show. Yes, I'm. I I really need to work on uh, getting a pizza sponsor for like every every podcast. Um, but. We have them uh, have them quite often, as I said. They have a location here in Mantino, and then they've got one um, up in Oaklawn. Oh, right. So like, it's like really random how they all of a sudden decided to come down here. I don't know the, the story on that, but anyway. Tastes good. I like it. I'm glad. So, <clears throat> Zombie Schoolboy. Yes. You guys just put out a brand new single. We did. And brand new to you guys, not to. Not well, to us. yeah, because how long have you been? <laughs> been sitting on it for probably seven months for sure. That long already. Yeah. We wow. recorded it in what? I think the beginning of uh, was it February? Sometime in February. Um, and uh, of course it was with Ryan of All Time Low. Yes, it was at his studio in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And we were we we bumped into each other at. No, it wasn't 350 Fest. It was Slammers Fest yes. that was hosted by 350 Brewing. Yes. Um, it was uh, Bowling for Soup, Everclear, Alien Ant Farm. I missed them. I I came. I walked in. You came in right before Bowling for Soup, Bowling for right? Soup. Yeah, I was about to go on. I was yeah. kind of confused because I was like, it seems early. It yeah, but, it was a little bit. But then I was there for a while, and Everclear was playing, and I was like, this feels like eternity now. <laughs> yeah. Once, I don't, honestly, the only Everclear songs I know are, like, the big ones that came out, like, around 2000. I didn't even yeah, they, really know any of their earlier stuff see, yeah, that well. And that's the opposite. Is, as I was, they're actually, their first album, I believe, was on, like, one of my top ten lists when I did one a long time ago. Like, MySpace days? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, no, I had a buddy that, he's all about, like, top ten even mm-hmm. your top 10 albums, like, yeah. so you ask people and he, like, collects, I don't know if he collects them or what, but he asked me, like, a year or two ago about mm-hmm. it. And I think, yeah, that Sparkle and Fade made somewhere in there, you know, not the top, but um, they were one of my top 10 albums because I think that is a, it's a great album. Mm-hmm. But like all bands, you know, 
the longer you play, the more you kind of sell out a little bit, I think. And uh, yeah, I think there were a case of that where most people probably know them for their like more sellout phase. Well, that's why when I saw him play a month ago or whenever that was, I had I didn't realize they had like such punk grunge yeah their original stuff was super yeah super like punk grungy yeah like grungy i'd say because art i think is the lead singer he kept just referencing punk rock and he's like you guys remember punk rock in the 90s and grunge or whatever and then then they have like i'll buy you buy you a new garden or something yeah and and wonderful life or whatever the hell they covered uh uh they covered a nirvana song i think too i can't remember which one but yeah it was definitely they were definitely more grungy their first album i know they had like Santa Monica, that was kind of light. But I think that was like the lighter song on that album. I recently played that song at the radio station I work for. I do like this throw, or no, I call it a jump back segment. And I literally, I take the song and I play it backwards. And yeah. the and the listener has to figure out what the song is and like who it's by. I like that. And I chose Santa Monica because I recently seen them. And I guess that song is about, it's about suicide, or is it like his girlfriend? Yeah. his girlfriend committing suicide, and then apparently he had an experience where he jumped into the San Francisco Bay, or he you was know what? going I think to. I remember hearing about that back in the yeah. day. Yeah, but I also remember he was like a heroin addict. Yes, and yes, like had a lot of issues and stuff like that. So. Yeah, um, but like after this was, I found I read all this yeah, after I, I played I the remember something like that. Yeah, I found all this out after I played the song and I'm like, "Oh, damn." <laughs> like I just played a really heavy Yikes. song. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing, but I just I just thought it was cool. Um but um but anyway, so we we bumped into to each other at that Slammers Fest that Everclear yes. was playing and we were just talking about all kinds of stuff, but um I love the new single. Thank you. It sounds fantastic. Um, it was fun. It was a fun song to do. Now, is that the only song you guys did with? Yeah. Yeah, that was. We were going to do more. Um, we've talked to him about doing more. I know he he kind of expressed interest in doing a couple more songs, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, it's not free. <laughs> yeah. So Right. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, I mean, I would if we if we did go back in that, like, I mean, all the other stuff we did, all the other albums you know, or EPs we put out, um, we're all, we all done. We did them at my, you know, my studio, your studio. Yeah. And it's fun. It's easy. And it's obviously on the, on the cheap, but, um, it, uh, you know, just going out somewhere else to do it. It's, it's faster. Um, and it's fun to kind of, you know, get, get some other people's input into, the whole process and stuff. So it was mm-hmm. fun. And, you know, we, we had planned it actually that, that was in the, in the works since summer of 2017. Wow. Yeah. Did it just, the, the opportunity came up and then you had to keep putting it off because of yeah, schedules so we were stuff, supposed or? to go record with, with him in like September of 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was obviously, we were like, we only played like uh, two shows, you know, we had just put out our first EP, like really just became a band, but we wanted to kind of do another, you know, single and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we, we, we were talking to him and, um, we'd scheduled like the end of September 17 and then something happened, I guess all time low had some obligation tour obligation in like Europe or something. Um, long story short, it ended up gotten, getting postponed from that point And then we just never really communicated back to it. And then we had, and then obviously you're also like 
waiting for like the song I want to bring, you know? Yeah. Like you, you don't you want to just go there with like crap and be yeah. like, well, whatever we're, we're here to do this. Like, let's just do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was some songs that we were going to do a long time ago that we ended up just doing ourselves. And, um, so then you have to wait till the opportunity comes up to where we're like, all right, we have a song good enough to like bring somewhere yeah, um, to do and stuff like that. So yeah, it just took a long time to get into it. And, uh, we finally were like, let's just go there and, and do this. And February was the only time that was available. And we went there. We had two days booked and really only had one day. But And I remember you telling me that, was it was it you or was it Billy that got to use an all-time low guitar? Yeah, so Bill, um, <clears throat> for the most part, I mean, Bill's probably – the best guitarist I've ever played with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's he's amazing, there, but I will he bl- say, he I will say this. He's probably one of the most underrated guitarists in, in Chicago. Cause I think on the real, he could probably be a studio musician. Um, he's just, you've recorded, you know, there's a skill involved to recording. Yes. Um, playing, being good, a good guitarist does not equate to a good studio guitarist. Um, True, and I feel like he does both so well. Yeah, I, but I would I would venture to say he's better in the studio than live. Ah, uh, um, like and just in terms of sheer on the click and and stuff. So he mm-hmm. tracked all the guitars, um, like you know the rhythm, the lead, and stuff like that. Obviously, uh, for the song in the studio, and yeah, he tracked it all with. Um, it was a Telecaster Deluxe that was used. Uh, it was, I guess, it was Alex's from one of the tours, but he had given it to so jealous. <laughs> he, he had given it to Ryan for whatever when he yeah. opened the studio or something like that. So yeah, that was the guitar that we used for it. That's um, like one of my all-time favorite guitars. Yeah, we actually use. went there and we're just expecting to use whatever gear was there. Like, yeah, we, we brought nothing. Yeah, just you. We just went down to Nashville and we're like, let's just have a good time. Yeah. Um, you know, party like we're bachelorettes. Mm-hmm. And um. Yeah, it was simple and so quick did and... did you learn anything like about all time low that you didn't know while you were you sitting know, down? I mean, I know that doesn't necessarily come up because you're working, but you're also I like think it, it, there was more working involved. I mean, the 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 thing when you when you get in all those situations is they're just real people, you know? Yeah, right. So it's not like. Like he would talk about like the other guys in the band as if we knew them and we're friends with them, like right here, me and you. Because he know? just assumes yeah, he just, that it's just like an assumption, it's, like because it's yeah. all time low, right? He was like, you know, oh yeah, this is Alex's guitar, whatever, like yeah, you know, whatever. It's no big like, deal. It's, it's not a big deal. Yeah, and and it was. I mean, it was a, it was a good. I mean, and it was just a basic guitar. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like special, like you know, vintage, like crazy no. upgrades to it. It was but just it was, a, just... it was a stock. Mm-hmm. Mexican Telecaster Deluxe, um, you know, from a couple of years ago or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, he wasn't talking about, he wasn't giving us a history lesson on all time low at mm-hmm. all or anything like that. Um, it was funny though, cause there was a few things that, um, he kept wanting to meet up with us after we recorded, like the session ended for the day or whatever. Uh, and the first night he was like, I'll try to hang out with you guys, like meet up, but he had something going like some other plans. The second night, he also had plans. I think uh, Casey Musgraves was playing at the the Ryman Theater or the Ryman Auditorium there, and uh, and Bill actually played at Tootsie's. Was playing. He played a couple songs because one of our buddies is the uh, house band like the singer at Tootsie's, um, which is actually if you've been to Nashville, it's the the bar on the Strip. 
that's right behind the Ryman Auditorium. Oh, so you were right next. So door. yeah, he was he was gonna meet up with us that night. He, I guess he ended up getting too drunk to to hang out or whatever. But but um, I I kept I wanted to talk to him on the side because there is an actual odd like connection mm-hmm. to myself and All Time Low on a really really random like weird like Kevin Bacon thing. Um, you know, like so what's the what's the connection? So. I used to play in a band uh, a long time ago, back in like the early 2000s, called Whitroy. And no one's ever heard of them. Maybe. I don't remember that. I just remember, remember Danger is My Middle yeah, Name. Yeah, so that, yeah. that was after, it was, it was before Danger is My Middle Name. Um, oh. But we played with, like, you know, we used to play like the, the Dog and Everything shows and, and Oh my God. And it's funny. I was like that. The, I figured we were going to be talking about some of the old, old school like Chicago bands. <laughs> the last interview I did, uh, I did an interview with um, uh, the uh, organizers of Punk and the, or Punk the Burbs Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Caitlin and Jason. Sure. Oh, well, Jason from the Runaround. I'm, yeah. sh- I'm sure you know Jason. Well, I played in the Runaround for like three years. You played in the Runaround? I did. I didn't know that. I was in the Runaround from 2014 to right around the time I started wow. Zombie. Yeah. I just figured you knew him because I I know that I'm pretty sure you guys played shit like Danger is my middle name and the yes, Runaround Danger probably did play in, in IS, at ISU a few times with with them and stuff. Yeah, but anyway, so I bumped into him and. The dog and everything got brought up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to piggyback back onto that okay. in a minute. But um, so that band Whitroy, we never really did much. I mean, it was just a local like you know band. We played local VFW. You know, back when VFW halls were like where you played. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we did some demos, and a couple of the songs would end up being becoming the very first Dangerous My Middle Name songs because, excuse me, that band was kind of towards the end of his life. It was like 2006. Danger was going to be, that was 2007 when I started that. Um, so these two songs were recorded. Um, we end up shopping, not shopping, but like sending them out. You know, back then sure. you'd sh- try and send out to, to labels and stuff like You're that. You're sending your demos out to Victory. Yeah. And, and uh, labels like that. Yes, kind of, yes. Yeah. So on the random, this is when obviously indies and that's i think still indies are kind of most people shot yes um, yeah but i'd send it out to all the indies and i on the random got an email to my uh my aol account at the time <laughs> aol from from uh didn't uh, they recently just get rid of messenger yeah right, in the last sad. couple of, like all couple the screen names and stuff yeah everything. and that was and that we could talk about that but that was like the original like how you Talk to people after shows back in like the early 2000s yes, and stuff. That was yeah. that was the original like text messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sent this demo out or these demos out, and and I got an email from this guy named Lewis at Hopeless Records. Well, it turns out he's the he is Hopeless Records. He's the guy. He started it. He's the president. Whatever. Um, so it was like, hey got your demo like really like it can you have a you know are you interested in talking like on the phone and i was like crap yeah (laughs) oddly enough um so he ends up calling me um i I remember we we played beat kitchen the the whitroy was playing at beat kitchen it was like 2006 Mm -hmm. um i talked to this guy on the phone and you know he was really interested he really liked the songs um and he you know, was asking, you know, what our plans were, you know, all the, all the crap, all, yeah. you know, they ask about and, you know, what, what else we got coming up and what our, 
where we saw ourselves, whatever the case may be. And, you know, back then, I don't know how true it is nowadays, but indie labels only signed like a couple artists per year. Um, and Hopeless at that point was, Hopeless at that point was, was a smaller label. They were, they were small, but they were still kind of well-known. You know, they had some, yeah. I forgot who was on there at the time, but they're, they still had a couple yeah. pretty you know, decent acts. And yeah, stuff they're like not that. what they are today. Like they've grown today's huge. even and today, so much. Yeah, today they're you know they're obviously major label affiliated, whatever. Yeah. But back then they were still big, but not like out of this world big. Right. Um, and I so I remember talking to this guy on the phone, and you know he was he literally said you know we only signed like two artists per year, and you know and we really liked these songs that you had, and you know so he wanted obviously the 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 every single label that you ever talk to will always be like can you send us anything else yes you know so obviously it was that but he also mentioned was yeah we're also looking at this band out of maryland have you ever heard of them they're called all time low and i was like at the time i'm like no i haven't heard of them obviously because i was in chicago and they're in maryland yeah well he's like you know they're they're, you know same age they're like right out of high school they're (laughs) You know, he's like, but their EP, their their self-release EP has already sold like 2,500 copies, you know, so we're kind of interested in them too. So he mentioned that. And obviously we kind of all know where the story goes as to who was chosen. Yeah. Um, but. So they were looking between Whitroy. Now I and, can't say that they were looking between us and them. It could have been us, them, another, but we were. But it's the, a good chance. We, we were one of the artists that he had contacted yeah. as like, hey, I'm, you know, I like these songs. Do you have anything else I can listen to? And then kind of brought them up as, have you heard of these guys? We're also looking at these guys too. Um, and so I always say I should have been where All Time Low is. But um, no, those they're cool guys. I mean, obviously, um, they're probably better suited for the the role of celebrity superstar than I am. Well, hey, you never know. I mean, so what, what happened with Whitroy and that whole... So, I mean, that band broke up three months later. Okay. But those songs that were sent out to... Um, all those labels and became that, danger. Yeah, there, there were. It was only two songs. It was like a two-song like sampler at the time that we could, you know, it was all we can scrounge up to go do. Um, so yeah, that became the very first danger. Uh, there, I think there's like another one or two songs added to it, mm-hmm. and then uh, the vocals because originally I was the singer of that band. Right. So we had to go back to this. We went back to the same studio, uh, and just had Gabe, who was the singer of Danger. Uh, he just redubbed in his vocals um so and then we released that is the first introduction to that band okay so that was like the the weird kevin bacon to yeah yeah i give just to, I, to ryan and i was gonna i wanted to talk to him about it but we never got a chance to really even talk about that like yeah. it, it was so fast like we were in the studio obviously we spent like all day the first day there um and we actually got more done than he had anticipated because for we, we first showed up it was like well let's Let's look at the song at where it's at. Yeah, you know, make any adjustments or changes that you know in the studio you might do. Yeah, um, he's like, well, then we'll do. Oddly enough, at a studio they do bass, bass first. So it was bass first. Then I um, think maybe I've done that. Yeah, I've done some stuff. Before. But they do uh, uh, drums. Oddly enough, is last. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember so, you telling me that. Yeah, so was, that was, is so weird. It was bass first, then he was like, "All right, so we'll do bass today. We'll do, um, we'll do. I think rhythm guitar, and it's like if we have time, we'll do lead guitar. Yeah. But 
drums last. That but we got we just... got the bass done. You know, the bass probably that day the bass probably took the longest because I mean, you had the island mm-hmm. tones and kind of you know the basses, and there's nothing kind of you're not going off of anything. There's no reference really. Yeah. Um, so bass was done, and then Bill obviously, like I said, is phenomenal in the studio. Um, so he literally killed it within a couple takes. And then, so we did the other rhythm track and then we did the lead and then we did some like ear candy, you know, stuff. Um, and then it went so fast. Like I remember Ryan just turned around and be like, do you want to try and do vocals? So we literally had everything done the first day except the drums and backup vocals, like backing track. Um, and he was literally like, we could have done it all. And he was literally like, you got tomorrow. Let's just save the rest for tomorrow. So, yeah. You know, we were literally done the following day in like two hours. Like it was like we wow. got there at like 11. I think we were, it might have been 10. We got to the studio at 10 and we were done by noon. Mm-hmm. Kind of just like, let's just do some a last minutes. Things. Yeah. And originally, now here's the story with Hey California, the one we did there. Originally, can I swear on this? Yeah, oh, go ahead, right. please. So yeah. ori- originally the song was not called Hey California. It was actually called Fuck California. Uh-huh. Um, so that was the original song. Mm-hmm. Every single chorus where it says, hey, California, was actually fuck California. Oh, Every no single one of them, yes. Speaking of swearing, I said shit for you. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> to make you feel uh, better. Um, <laughs> and obviously, Ryan is more of a, a pop radio-friendly guy, and he was actually one. He was like, he's like, look, man, like I'm in the, studio, I'm in the vocal booth doing this. He's like, he's like, bro, he's like, we need to find something else besides fuck California. He's like, it needs to be something that you can play like on, on the radio and stuff. Yeah, so, just in case. So originally he wanted, he came up with, he's like, just do, I hate California. So each one originally then became, we tracked, I should say, we tracked, I hate California for each one. And mm-hmm. I was like, bro, we have like another song. It's like, there's a little too much like word hate being used in some of our songs. And I'm like, I'm not feeling it. But he was adamant and said, like, no, this is it's it's fine, it's gonna do it. So it bothered me so much that first day that we came in the second day and we did everything the second day and I was like, I just wasn't feeling it. I kept hearing I hate California. I'm like, it just doesn't have the flow that fuck California had. And so um we're literally done recording and I was like, Bing, I was like, what if it's hey California? Ah. And he's like, I like it. And so we actually, he's like, get back in the vocal booth. We'll just, we'll retract just that line real quick. That's like a one or a three. Yeah. So if you, if you, if you listen to the song though, the very end of the song, uh-huh. he actually lets me say fuck California once. Yes. And he left in one. I hate California right okay. in the same line there as kind of like, I don't know, an homage to the original idea or something. <laughs> I love, I love hearing those little things, how it was originally this, but then it ended up becoming yeah. all three. I wrote know. the second verse to that song sitting at his kitchen table. So was that because you didn't have the original one written or when, there was no when verse. you presented? So when, oh, okay. For some reason, so the way no, mo- most of the songs are written, Bill, Bill has this program that he, he plays guitar into and he makes like fake, like sample drum beats and stuff yeah, like that. I get what you're saying. So he records these demos that... I mean, they sound legit, like, but you can tell they're not, they're sample drums and stuff. But right. so he'll record his demos and then he'll send me the music. And there might be some things that are kind of like, and eh, let's adjust. Like I might edit in my, you know, Pro Tools session. I'll, mm-hmm. you know, so he'll email me that from his house because we live about an hour away from each other. He'll email me that. 
I'll open that up in Pro Tools and I'll listen to it and maybe fly things around or move things around or even just hit him back and be like, hey, dude, can you just try changing this around yeah. or whatever? And then I'll listen over and over again and try and come up with a melody, melody and then, you know, once that comes down, we get lyrics and stuff like that. But I'm lazy, one. <laughs> so, so sometimes, actually the majority of time, I'll come up with a melody and I might even come up with like, lyrics or or at least just the hook of the song so maybe it just might be a chorus and i have like a melody for the the verses or something like that i would say the majority of time i'll get the verse verse one done and the chorus done and we'll be like i think every single song we've released it's been a chorus it started with just here's a, a chorus that worked it's cool now i gotta come up with a verse and i'll do like the first verse and then i'll be so lazy i'll be like i don't even want to bother attempting a second verse so all these demos never have a second verse and then I have to like work harder when we're actually tracking it to kind of come up with a second verse. But so basically that song had everything except the second verse when we yeah. got there. And, and of I'll, course, deciding on the hate, hate California or there was fuck California. It was fuck and California. And it became hate and then it was hey. Yep. And then, yeah. And it ended up incorporating all three at the end. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was one of those things where you walk in, you know, you you lay out the second verse and Ryan's like, eh, I don't like that second verse because I've had that happen. I'm sure he would have said something, but mm-hmm. I've had that happen before. I'm pretty picky about like like verse lyrics and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I'm real picky about that. Yeah. Um, Rick uh, Avery commented on our live video and he said, apparently drums last um, is super common now. Like today, yeah. So, and that this is—you are the first person that has ever told me this. I've never so, heard of it. The first so, Zombie Schoolboy album—that's mm-hmm. exactly what we did. We did all. We checked everything except vocals, I think. All the guitars, all the bass. Then we did drums last, and that was mainly because our original drummer didn't have time to really do anything. So it was always like, you know, rushing to get that done. Yeah. Um. But. It's true, like Ryan was pointing out, because obviously Ryan's a drummer. Yeah. And that's how they track it, I guess, the stuff. And it's because, one, the drums are hardest to edit, right? If you mess up, like if you think of a different idea with a, like with a guitar, you can change that whenever. I can go back and just quickly... Slice that, yeah. Slice it or quickly re- retrack it and it takes mm-hmm. nothing. With drums, it's like you have like 10 microphones set up on it and you have to get the right tone. And if you try and re re-mic it to fix it later you know it might sound different you yes. know stuff like that so one it was is because it's harder to fix if you want to change something down the road two it was he said it, for him it was at least um because as you're tracking it you're hearing the song come together and it gives you more energy because mm. you're hearing like you're the final person to to, to touch it so it's like mm-hmm. So he, he he said that was a, it was an energy thing. You kind of feel more into it because you're hearing the final song like in your headphones while you're playing it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just playing it along to a click track, you kind of don't have the energy because you're like trying to remember what parts are and, and stuff like that. So, so it never messed you up at all as far as anything that you had to record? Because for me, so, like I just can't picture that. Like, so the way he so did weird. it was, the way he did it specifically. Now, I didn't do this when we were tracking before. Mm-hmm. We just played to a click. And then did the drums last. The way he did it was um, he actually programmed 
a fake drum beat over the entire song okay with a click you know so it's not like in lieu of a click but it kind of gives you a little bit more reference than just a click because you're like oh you know kick snare kick kick snare whatever um so he did this whole entire programmed fake drum through it so as we were playing it still sounded like a full song um but then obviously he you know wipes that and then at the end, just you, you do the actual drum track and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I get it. I mean, it, it, it definitely has, you know, it helps. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest. It, it took the, him on drums. And, F, and let me mind you, we only played that song together once, which was like the week before we went in the studio. Like we kind of had the idea and, re, you know, recorded some demos and stuff like that. But we had never, ever attempted to play it live together um, other than the studio. And... Zane killed it. Like, I think he did maybe like five takes tops. Wow. And I th- I want to say even like his like, all right, you know, I'm just gonna hit record, but just play through the entire song, and you know, kind of get used to it. I want to say he even was like, shit, I'm gonna keep that as like a take, mm-hmm. you know, versus normally it's just like a scratch. Like you're just getting used to everything. So yeah, it, I th- I think it works. Wow. So. Huh. Now I want to record a song and do it that way. And do drums last, just because I'm curious as to to how that works out. Yeah, so. I think that's the beauty of nowadays. You know, obviously, things home, are always home changing. recording or, or recording in general is so much easier. You know, obviously, there's those purists that, and you know, and, and I'm one of them that really wishes I could do an album to like tape. Yeah, but I also realize the enormous amount of work that is involved with that. And I had a friend do that actually. They did the whole thing to tape and then they I think they did obviously get it transferred to a digital I think file. a lot of a lot of people do um and I've done this too is they'll record in the pro tools mm-hmm. and then bounce your final mixes to tape. Oh. And then back in. So oh, it kind of wow. gives it that like warmth that tape it, it kind of hits tape but it's mm-hmm. not like two tape. Mm-hmm. I mean two tapes very expensive to do if you're oh, really yeah. doing it. Yes. Um, so, but I mean, it has a, it has a sound, like a sonic quality, mm-hmm. which works for vinyl, which yeah. I think is coming back. So yeah. maybe you'll see everyone start recording the tape again. But I mean, it takes more skill and in, in you're playing to do tape anyway. It, well, yeah, that for sure. Cause you're going to probably play, play there's, it there's, live. There's damn near no editing involved. I mean, you can't really, mm-hmm. you can, but you, it's like, it's like taking scissors you're cutting different sections and then it's, yeah, it's like film, you yeah, know, like if you're never. using film with a, with a camera, but the, uh, friend I had, he was in a punk band and they did this EP called snuff. I don't know if you remember a band called mustard men at all. Mm. No. Okay. So these guys are called mustard men. They put on an EP called snuff. They recorded the whole thing to tape. So they did the whole thing live. Every song was, everyone was playing together and then they had it, you know, had all the tape transferred to, you know, into Pro Tools so they could yeah. edit it. And it sounded pretty cool. I think I still have a copy of it. I um, mean, that's kind of a different way to do it. Like, I'm pretty. Record I'm, a tape and then transfer at it. At least so. I think that's how they did it, if I remember correctly. It could be. I mean, that's yeah. another way. I mean, it's a cheating way to do it, but you're still, <laughs> right. it's still giving you the ability to edit the final product, yeah. which I think. I'm gonna have to. I I'm think the people that do him. tape are kind of avoid. They're trying to avoid having to be heavily edited mm-hmm. at the end of it. So. Yeah, I could be wrong. I might have to text him because now I'm curious. But then I've got another friend that I know 
that actually has a studio, like a very old vintage studio, and he records to tape and does everything live. Hmm. And it's like a, a very much like you think of uh, Sunrise Records, you know, with... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Or no, no, Sun Records, my bad. Sun, yeah. Sun Records. I've, I don't know why I want to say Sunrise, but Sun Records. I think their logo is a rooster, which is probably why. Yeah, it's probably why. Well, at least I got the Sun part, sun part right. But yeah, Sun Records, you know, back in the day in Memphis, you know, that kind of, like the studio's got that vibe to it. Yeah. Like even the the console that he has is like literally the same type hmm. of, you know, the the right. uh, the board, mind right, right. you. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. So. That would be a, another thing to add to the bucket list is record that way. So I would love to do that too. Yeah, but you, when we uh, saw each other uh, about a month ago, you had another interesting story that I was fascinated to to hear about with uh, Jarrett. The, the older you get, the more <laughs> stories you accrue. It's true, but this one was with Jarrett uh, mm-hmm. Reddick of Bowling for Soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I did not know that he was like starting a label at one point and he had a label he and had a label i, I mean I, I don't know i have never looked it up you, you can maybe look it up but yeah. uh it was called crappy records mm-hmm. fitting for him you know? yeah right uh his personality at least um <laughs> like <clears throat> in 2009 uh dangers my middle name went out to uh we played five shows at south by southwest um uh, he was at all five of the shows. Um, and there was, it, it ranged from the worst show possible in terms of like, there's no one in the crowd, like, you know, a shitty bar. I mean, have you been to South by Southwest? It's, it's like, I've never been, but I've been to Austin. It's like, it's like Wrigleyville, like on a, it's like Wrigleyville during a Cubs game on a hot summer night. Like, yeah, it's, they it's shut like, down the street. They shut down everything. the street. Every bar is like their doors wide open, like, or, you know, they have the, the wall, like opens up to the street and stuff like that. And, and like, it's just rows of bands playing, um, on like the smallest stage possible. Like, like this, your, your, your basement here, your, this room is like a large venue at South by Southwest. Like, yeah, there's, there's no room. <laughs> Worst PAs always have to use the, the house gear, which is like a crate two by 12 or one by 12 or, or something. The best and, sounding amp possible. Yeah. And, um, he went to every single one and the, the very first one, like it was, it, it, it was so bad. Like we played fine, mm-hmm. but it was so bad that it, it felt like a joke. So we treated it as such and we're overly like making jokes, kind of like Bowling for Bowling Soup bowling does, for soup. <laughs> where you overly make jokes to make fun of yourself because you're literally playing a venue to like regulars at this bar because it wasn't, it wasn't part of South by Southwest. It was on the same street, but it was like kind of off the beaten path a yeah. little bit, like one street over. And like there's a north. ton of those types of like, shows. It was like past the barricade. Like yeah. the barricade stops and it was like the bar on the kitty corner of the barricade. And once you get past that barricade, there's nothing going on, you know, mm. but every bar opens their doors and says like, we have live music, South by South music. And some, there's also some other festivals that play within the same street. And some venues are specifically this festival. Some are South by Southwest. Some are this, you know, whatever. So we played this this venue like right at the end of South by Southwest Street. And uh I think him and like a couple of other band band dudes were the only people like even remotely paying attention. And at the end, uh, Mickey threw his sticks out to the crowd and all you heard was the sticks ping, ping, hitting the floor, you know, like <laughs> 
like and <laughs> and it was sign. funny because he he came up to us afterwards and was like that he's like that was the best show i've ever seen and it was merely because we were like making fun of ourselves and that whole like ambiance of of bowling for soup of, probably. of the yeah. sticks hitting the ground Bad and you can too. tell that no one gave a shit like no there's people just drinking at the bar not listening to music whatever and everyone no one was like diving for the sticks right. like oh my gosh right. Mickey he, just he, he thought stick. it was hilarious that we played as if we were playing to a sold out crowd and there was literally mm. like nobody nobody in front of the stage yeah and so he came out to the and, and that was probably the worst of it the rest of the shows were actually pretty good mm-hmm. um so he came out to every single one of them and he wanted to meet our lawyer and he was really like i want you guys on crappy records um so uh another case of it just didn't happen for some reason or another but um he ended up hanging out with us separately you know throughout throughout our stay at south by southwest you know that you know, four days or whatever. And I remember going to, uh, like we were hanging, I was hanging out with him one night and somehow ended up. And I don't remember even how it happened. I might've been trashed, like pretty trash, like both of us pretty trash or whatever, but somehow we ended up like front row together at a fastball, the band fastball yeah, yeah, yeah. show at South by Southwest. Oh like, my God. And there was, there was maybe 50 or 60 people there. It was, it was by no means packed yeah. for fastball. I mean, obviously they were more of a nineties act than like, this was like 2009. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, me and me and him were literally watching fastball, fastball like front row at South by Southwest, like on a random, he just like, it was like, I feel like he just grabbed my hand. It was like, Hey, let's go fastballs over here. Like, and that was, that was it. But yeah, uh, I don't really know what happened. Like I haven't really talked much to him maybe once since then mm-hmm. or twice maybe, but, um, yeah, 350 fest. I was, I was going to hang out and, you know, try and hang out with them and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, like I said, Everclear just kind of seemed to go on. <laughs> yeah. They, they, uh, they went, well, they were the headliner. So of course they were going to play, you know, their, I don't know if they're 90, if it was a typical 90 minute set, it seemed like it was something like that. Yeah. But, um, 900 minutes. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't try to look for him either. Um, he was on the podcast earlier this year, and that was a fun. That was a fun. Well, see, conversation. I'd never been to this. Where it was at um, the Tinley Park Convention Center, correct? Because I yeah. think I had the flyer. I hit you up. I was like, uh, "That's I was, right." I was about to go to a baseball park in Joliet. Yes, because you're a, like, "No, that's not right." Because apparently there was. It was originally going to be like. I can't remember. It wasn't supposed to be originally at Joliet at the ballpark. It was going to be somewhere else before that. Then it was going to be where the Slammers play baseball at the ball right. field. And then... And then it was like 30 bucks or something to get in on the right. original one. Yes, it was like 20 or... Th- I think it was... And yeah, you you're probably right like 30. Free. I'm like, this sounds like fake news. Well, also another thing that was originally announced, it was supposed to be Real Big Fish Oh, okay. on the bill as well. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, their name disappeared. And yeah. then it just became Everclear, Bowling for Soup, and Alien Ant Farm. And then, yeah, then it moved to Tinley Park Convention Center. And, then and I, I've never heard of that place. So yeah. I'm driving around, like, trying to find I'm like, then I start thinking, I'm like, man, I'm not going to bother going. Like, I'm thinking I don't have cash for parking. Because I'm thinking, like, oh, this is going to be a big, big deal. Like, right. I'm thinking, like, I'm going to the uh, the, amplifier. the amphitheater out there. Yeah. I'm like, I got to pay for parking or something. And I'm like. Well, even they don't charge for parking Yeah, you know anymore. what, you're right, they don't. But I, I was planning I for having to I think they used pay. to, though. Like, when maybe probably. when we were younger. Yeah, probably. Um, 
But yeah, I was, I was planning for hours, and I was, I was kind of trying to talk myself out of going because it was like late. I, I think I left. At, I like showed up at like seven. Right, because you were working. I yeah, think, right? and yeah. and uh, I was like, I kept talking to myself like, hey, you know, just go, just go. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I walked in. Bowling for Shoop was setting up, and I was like, this is kind of. It was a weird show. I mean, it was like, just because it's I'm like, in no, like, I'm this like, very I'm like, no nice. one asked me for an ID. No one asked me for money. I'm like, I'm not used to going to a show that it's like. Mm-hmm. Walk in like yeah, because that, like, that was whatever. that show ended up being free. Yeah, right. It's free. So, like I mean, they get yeah. you with the beer tickets. I think it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I went up there like I'm like, I'm like I got cash. I went to an ATM, got cash, mm-hmm. and then I can't remember like, how 10 much bucks. beer tickets. Yeah, it was. It I got was schooled lot. by the girl working there though, because I was like ten bucks for a pint of beer, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Well, you got a free show," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah I guess touche." Exactly. So you pretty much. So paid. I'm like, I'm like, I am. I turned into that asshole. Like I, w- <laughs> I was the person in the band that was like, "It's a free show." Like, come on, why are you complaining? Yeah, and, and here now I am, here I am complaining at a free show. Well, it's just all those jaded years of you know almost signing to Hopeless, but all time low beat you out, and then you know gonna work with Jarrett. Reddick, and then that didn't work out. There was also I'm teasing. There was Doghouse Records before. Oh, it was Doghouse too. Yeah, that what was mo- that was more of a heartbreaking one than Uh-oh. than anything. Yeah, because the other one was just kind of the like, other one was yeah whatever. That was a yeah. different band on top of that. But yeah, the the, the first one. Uh, oh, you're pizza. Good. Uh, the first one was Doghouse mm-hmm. for for Danger, and that was <clears throat> that what seemed that, that seemed one? like a shoe in, and then it just fell apart. Oh, well, damn. I, I think it was it was such a shoe in that I th- there was people that actually were congratulating me. Like prematurely, oh, for for signing to Doghouse and uh, because it was pretty much that close of a done. If you can get a label to actually fly out to see you in your hometown, it's usually a shoe in. Usually, uh, and so what's the what's the story? I, I, I'll about? be honest with you, man. I don't know. You I'm don't not, know. I'm not sure what the whole breakdown was, but um, we weren't really handling it. Handling it, we had a manager at the time that was kind of handling it, and that was it. Wow, we we talked to the guy that was trying to do it, you know, sign us a couple times, but mm-hmm. it never w- really happened. We went went out and did some New York showcases and talked to him and stuff, but you know, it is what it is. Obviously, it wasn't meant to happen, but um, yeah, that was that was for sure. I I do remember getting like instant messages congratulating <laughs> us on signing to Doghouse Records before it happened. Yeah, um, and then it just never happened. Huh? Yeah. Damn. Three strikes. Three strikes, and I was out. Yeah. And now I'm and like, now, and now, and now at this point, I'm like, I would never, I would never sign to a label. Yeah. No. Cause they don't do anything anymore. I don't. They, you slave away, you slave away at touring and you tour, you're broke. You come back, you're broke. Like it's, there's no money involved. I mean, labels have a hard enough time staying afloat as it is now. They do. But for some reason, it still seems like it's an important thing. You it's, know. So it's important because at that point, then you have first crack at getting a booking agent because you're not going to get a, a major booking agent if you're not signed, uh, unless you're like Chance the Rapper or something. Yeah, they, um, yeah, but he's like, yeah, but one in how many? Right, one in <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's still some some you know, you're they pay. I mean, obviously they do pay up front for a decent recording of of you know full album, which you can't really. Not everyone can afford on their own and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, this day and age, I mean, like, do you need it? It's not. A, it's not a need. It's just, what, what are you gonna do? I yeah. mean, exactly. You're not gonna make any money on albums. Mm-hmm. No one really promotes their albums anymore, unless you're already a major artist. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a tough it's a tough gig, and I kind of feel bad for anyone that's 
still trying to do it. Um, not that you shouldn't, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's no harm in playing a big hometown show once every like six months, you know? Yeah. No. Um, and just, you know, regionally playing, you know, Milwaukee's close, you know, that in Chicago, there's a lot of, you know, you can do Indianapolis, Milwaukee, you could do Iowa city, you know, you can do St. Louis. Like there's a lot of places you can get to in one night and back, you know, there's no reason to like have to do what we used to do back in the early two thousands and like break into best Western hotels and shower, <laughs> you know, sleep in a van for like seven days without showering. I've done that. I think Rin rinsing your hair in the sink of a truck stop. I've know? done it in a Taco Bell in like Texas or or Oklahoma or some crap you, you like that. You do what you can do, man. I, yeah. I, I toured in like 2003. I did a, a, a West Coast tour and bro, we we played, I think it was Denver and then we played Boulder or it was Denver off night, Boulder, mm -hmm. which is obviously within a half hour of each yeah. other. And I remember scoping out the parking lot of a Best Western for like two or three nights and realizing that Stanley Steamer, someone was cleaning like the carpets in, in a room and they had left the sliding door cracked like six inches to air out. And we scoped it out and we're like, dude, no one's going in there for like a couple nights. And so like the third night, we all just like jumped the fucking gate and like broke into this like room that was being like steam cleaned and like showered. Uh, we laid on, we were watching TV. Like we literally just all, so you like, didn't get busted for this. We did not get busted. And you know, we left, I mean, we left towels on the floor. Like literally we just left the mess in there and then just skated out. And that is, like, we actually had one of, one of the guys actually, before we had done that, mm -hmm. one of the guys had actually, there was a hotel like next door. Mm hmm. And this dude was so desperate. I mean, we had probably gone like seven days without showering. And obviously, you go a few days, you feel greasy, you feel nasty, you just feel like... But when you get to that point, you are like desperate. Yeah. So yeah. this dude literally followed this like Hispanic cleaning lady and just faked that he forgot his key at one of the rooms nearby. And she actually let him in. <laughs> and he showered in this room. And I mean, it wasn't oh like... It wasn't malicious. He wasn't like trying to steal anything. He literally showered... And that was it. But that was what Desperation did was like. That's so great. Breaking, trying to break in hotels for showers, you know. I've not done that one yet, but hearing that story makes me want to, though. No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> just Definitely for, not. you know, just for shits and giggles. I mean, um, yeah, I've never, I think the, I think the longest I went on the road was two weeks. It was at least, yeah. a, it was at least a week, but I want to say it was. It might have been turned three, three into weeks. two. Three weeks, I think, was the most. You've I done three did, like, without a shower. One. Not not three weeks without a shower, because obviously back then it was more. Hey, you know, you 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 know, back then people were more friendly about going to local shows. Like even if you were like a a band that was touring and playing with locals in Salt Lake City, or you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, like people still. It was like the VFW show. Basically, we did a tour of like VFW halls. Yeah, right, and. People back then, you know, were just willing to help bands out. And, mm -hmm. you know, do we play? One of the shows was, <clears throat> I think it was like St. George, Utah. That's what it was. I remember that. And we had some someone there basically was like, hey, you can crash on the floor in my living room. Yeah. And we literally woke up the next day. And it was, obviously it was like, I think it was some, some girl in her parents' house, you know, let us just crash on their floor. And we... They were so trusting that we woke up the next day and 
no one was in the house. Like we were the only ones in their house. Wow. Yeah. That's very trusting. Right. So it's like, I mean, people were like that back then though. Yeah. You know, so the, you know, there was a lot of that where we can actually, you know, shower and clean up because people were like, Hey, just stop by, you know, help yeah. me out and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I've, I've definitely, definitely experienced that, that kind of kindness before too, but maybe it's different now because there's more bands on the road and could be oh yeah everyone everyone tours now yeah i mean sure there were a lot of bands in the 2000s doing there's there's less diy now way less yeah i don't know to me there's just so much of of all of it from from the big from the big scale to the diy there's just like this oversaturation of everybody's on tour because you know spotify because that's the only way you make money (laughs) yeah because spotify is paying just a little portion for each you know song it gets played because no one's buying records they're streaming most everything although vinyl is apparently about to outsell cds for the first time in like 30 years but no one's selling buying cds (laughs) anymore no so i think if they're buying anything they're buying vinyl or if they're buying anything they're buying digital well, that too, but more or less they're stream. They're not buying digital too much. They're streaming it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that too. Where they're yeah. just playing. Spotify. I mean, I'm guilty. I Spotify. You know. Shit, I don't Spotify. I, I, I never got into Spotify. I'm still stuck with Pandora. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I can't. And I get laughed at all the time, but I'm like, I, my hey, it's you, fine. My bro, my uh, my brother, he does he does Pandora too, and I I Maybe run I just into some other used people. To it. And and yeah, you you get used to something, and you know, but. Yeah, I pay for the Spotify premium and I can listen to whatever. Maybe I that's want. why too. I don't do the Spotify premium. So it's yeah. free, so it's like I don't get to choose what I listen to. Yeah, you're you're being directed where So I like click on a song to like like people send me a link like, Hey, check this out on Spotify and I click on it and it's yeah, like, like I have to listen to a bunch of random stuff before I even hear yeah, the song. It's like can you give me Bandcamp or hey, there you YouTube go. Bandcamp. or I mp three dot com? mp 3com <laughs> What's your pure volume, man? Oh, pure volume. Well, I'll tell you another one that was I don't think anyone uses anymore is Reverb Nation. That was another one. I, I never that used that. had a Well, that came later, you know. Yeah. Um obviously after pure volume, but yeah, pure volume was a big thing too. I forgot about pure that. Pure volume massive. Yeah. I was. remember there was a pure volume used to sponsor tours. They were sponsoring. I remember. I um, saw. I saw. Dude, this is how dated this is. I saw on a pure volume tour because they did an unsigned pure volume tour. Yeah, they did a couple of them. And it was. It or was. Or maybe more than a couple. I believe it was. Uh, I know for a fact two of the bands are accurate. The third band, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it was. It was definitely Cartel. Uh, it was and it was all VFW Hall shows. So mm-hmm. I saw them in New Lenox VFW Hall. So it was Cartel. It was My American Heart. And then I think it was either Daphne Loves Derby or Hello Goodbye. Oh my! Lord. One of the two. I don't remember, but it was definitely one of those two that were on this tour. And yeah, it was. I saw them at a VFW Hall. Maybe twenty five people. You know, maybe thirty. I mean, it was it was back when people were still just going just to go and stuff like that. But yeah. But yes, Pure Volume used to sponsor unsigned band tours and stuff yes. like that. And I remember it was like the race to the first band to get a million plays on Pure Volume. And oh yeah, that was <laughs> that was the jam back in the day, man. Speaking of, did I? I'm guilty of this because I was a kid and I didn't know any better. I actually paid a company to up our MySpace plays. Really? Yeah. I never did that, but because apparently that was a, there that was, are companies that, that do that for Spotify now. Yeah. So there, that, I think that was the original. 
I think that's how I think you're probably part of the problem that caused how social media does not help bands anymore. <laughs> because if you can make a profit, <laughs> um, why do it for free? Right. Um, so I think that was the original way to get, yeah, like up your likes. It's kind of like you can buy likes on Instagram yes. and all that stuff. Or I think it's different than sponsorship, like, you know, sponsored posts and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, but, that's a, it's more like advertising, but like literally paying for, you know, some robot to yeah, that's up crazy. your plays. Yeah, like I remember doing that. Like I was, a, like I said, I did that when because I was Because I remember that being like how many plays you had was like, that was like, huge like oh i got 500 myspace plays today like exactly i remember going like when danger was first starting obviously we were a band that was kind of like made by myspace like we all met on myspace like all that stuff but i remember we went from like you know five plays a day to like i remember getting our first like over a thousand play day and like holy shit like what's happening here you know Mm -hmm. and it but but it was organic you know what i'm saying like yeah it it feels better when it's organic, if that makes well, sense. Well, hell yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm totally like, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I did it. And yeah. I think the reason why is because in my brain, I was like, oh, well, you know, a promoter or a venue owner is going to see this and they're going to want to yeah, book us. And now, band, you know, like I'm saying, bands are doing that with Spotify and I hear and, about and it. And now it's, it's hard to judge like yeah. what's real, what's not. Like, Yeah, and you might get a band that's got a million... Spotify and, plays, and then they'll draw like nothing, nothing, or like ten people or twenty people. Like you know. yeah, it's tough now because exactly that. Like you don't know what's real, what's not real. Like you know, and it really makes it harder for everyone else because now you can't get you know Spotify plays without you know some sort of you know being added to some sort of playlist or yep. whatever. So it's it's kind of like even if you want to find something new, it's something you're forced to listen to that's new. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. So it's kind of, honestly, man, it's a bummer. It's a bummer for a lot of the people that are in bands nowadays. Yeah, it, you know? it's tougher. Some things are, there's a lot of things that are easier, but they're, then it just, it shifts. It's easy to record. It it's easy to make good music. It's easy to get stuff done as a solo artist. Um, but again, a lot of that stuff just contribu- contributed to the problem that we're in now is that there's just nothing, kind of, there's not a lot of real stuff out there, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's I mean, there's a, a lot of good stuff for sure. There there's, is. there's good stuff out there. It's oversaturation, I but think. it's just so easy for someone to be in their house now. And you mm-hmm. know, I'm a perfect example. Like, <laughs> why pay for a studio album when I can just do something that sounds damn near close enough? I know, thought the, for the, the fraction of the price. I thought the EPs that you put together, and well, not only have I heard the Zombie Schoolboy, but I have heard some of the other stuff you've done too. There's only been a couple other artists that I've, yeah. I have a like Backseat Pandas. Yeah, I heard I, their their stuff that you did. Yeah, and I, I have a very good. strict window. Like if I'm doing another band, like I don't like from like May through like October, I don't record bands. Right. Like because it's like I don't want to be stuck inside. Like I want to you know do stuff outside and stuff like that. So, but I, I only really record if if you want to re- you know if someone want to record. It's only like it's basically November through like March. Or really February. It's only a couple couple months of the year. I'm actually yeah. willing to do it. I remember you telling me about that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's super easy to do that stuff now. So it it you know it it's different time for sure. Mm-hmm. Different. All right, man. Well, um, thanks for thanks for stopping. By. That's it. This is it. This is all I get. <laughs> I didn't even finish my three slices of pizza. We didn't even talk about the dog and everything. Oh, we haven't talked about. You're right. Um, 
Well, let's talk about the dog and everything then. Oh, you're gonna throw everyone off on Facebook Live. No, Mm-mm. I'm gonna. No, it's okay. We still got him. Um, you're right. We didn't talk about the dog and everything. None of those cool let's, local bands. The, the original let, local Chicago. Let's talk about the dog and everything. What's your connection with the dog? Uh, dog and everything. My connection was really random. Um, so that band Whitroy was in, we were trying, it was like 2002, I think when we started, um, I was really trying to do the local scene, like get into like the bigger shows. Like, uh, when I was in high school, one of my buddy's brother's bands used to play like Metro Fireside Bowl. Yes. But they used to do like local shows on like Wednesdays. So you go like a Wednesday night, like, you know, you get in with like a flyer. It was like, you know, free with a flyer or some shit. Um, so we always want to do those big shows. And back mm-hmm. then those were the bands that were doing, you know, it was like back then it was like, you're playing white tees, yeah. uh, you know, knockout dog and everything. Uh, you know, I actually worked merch for a brief period of time for a band called fertility. Um, so I kind of got in with them, um, cause I was working with merch for that band through another company. Um, so I was kind of backstage when they were playing those shows. And originally I started going backstage. Um, like I, I saw, I don't, you remember this, this uh, venue called Oasis 160? Yeah. I, so I never got I to worked, go there or play there. Yeah, but. So I, wor- I worked merch that show. Fertility opened. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked merch because it was, it was Roaring Records. I was kind of working through. Okay. Um, that was like who was getting them these shows. Okay. Um, so they, they, uh, had me work merch for them mm-hmm. and that show was dude it was uh it was plain white tees opening or sorry fertility open but it was plain white tees when tom was like the main guitar like singer guitarist um and like all electric like no acoustic stuff or anything like that um it was alistair <laughs> and lucky boys confusion headlining oh, dude, there had to be like my. two thousand plus people at this show at, at oasis 160 and that was the first time i had ever been like Oh, local music can draw like more than, you know, cause I was watching, there's other stuff you didn't bring up. I, I figured you would talk about that Weezer Green Day tour and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Like I, that, that show was more than, you know, in 2000, I went and saw Weezer play at the rave and it was like the rave, not the Eagles ballroom. It was yeah. the rave. And I was like, there was maybe like 700 people there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, this band is drawing more than like a national artist that I just saw like a year ago or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of blew my mind, and that kind of got me into. I was going to ask you about. We'll we talk about that. In a second. Yeah, See, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> there's that literally this could go on forever. Yeah, is there like a time we, limit? We got no, Mm-mm. you know, no, definitely not a time a limit. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> uh, so, so I had gotten into this like that blew my mind. So I was starting to like really look in these bands that were drawing these huge numbers at shows and stuff like that. I just remember the dog and everything around that time was yeah, playing so, Metro all the time. So randomly at that show. I got a CD jewel case. Like obviously you don't really get that much often. You know, people don't hand out, you know, promotional like items and stuff like that. I got the CD handed to me at that show, probably cause I was, you know, working and stuff of like that. And it was the dog and everything. Bandshell. Bandshell. Yes. That's the record I listened to. <laughs> yeah. So, all the so time. I, I think nothing of it, man. Like whatever. Um, I like threw it in my CD player at home. Like when I had a, you know, a three disc changer and stuff like that, you know, oh, boot, I had a five, yeah. I had a five disc changer. So I threw it on there and I listened to it and you know, 
that was I was legit, you know. And I started listening to it in my car. And back then, there was I didn't have a CD player, um, so I had to have that like tape cassette adapter. Yeah, plugged into a portable CD player and stuff. And uh, for a long time, for like a year, I was listening to that. And I was like, man, I was talking to my buddy, my buddy Ron, who was in the band with me. And I was like, we got to start going to these like local shows. So we started going to see. I and actually then I went and saw that they were playing at a church by my house in New Lenox again. So I went to this this church show and it was like Seraphine, uh, Dog and Everything, like a couple of like local oh bands gosh. and stuff like that. Um, and the Dog and Everything played and I was like, and they put on such a good show. And I was like, and and here I am playing like VFW halls and, and very much set up like the way this show was. And I'm like, these guys are playing like, they're playing to an auditorium, like a, a packed show. Like, I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like they had a, you know, back in their wireless, that was a big thing. They had wireless packs. Like, whoa, I'm thinking like, that's a big deal back. Then. I'm like, I don't even think I had a floor tuner at the time. Like, <laughs> like you tuned before, before, before you played and that was it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these guys were blowing blow my mind. So I started telling the guys in my band about that. And so me and Ron actually then went and saw them at Fireside Bowl. Okay. Uh, and then like one of the Metro shows and stuff like that. And we ended up, I don't know how, man, we started ending up at like the same parties like Downers Grove, like Naperville, like parties and stuff like that, um, where it's like, you know, the dudes from LBC. It was probably like after an LBC show, I think. Um, they played, yeah, it was uh, Founders Fest. Okay, yeah. In like Founders Fest 03, I believe, is is really the first, that's where everything kind of connected uh, because there was an after party we had caught wind of and we went to this show and we ended up at an after party, I think at one of the one of the guys from LBC's like backyard or something and... Uh, I'll never forget, you know, Ron was getting his beer poured by like Jim Dietzen from the dog and everything. It was like, that was a big deal. We're like, damn, this guy's pouring beer. Like, <laughs> um, so we ended up somehow getting in with Dietzen. And, and that was really who, who started with it. You know, Jim, Jim was like, you know, come out to the, the fire, next fireside show. And he was like talking to us and we wanted to get them to play. And, and I was starting to book shows at a VFW hall. And I was really trying to get some of these big bands. You know, I had like Jinx Pack come out and play. Um, you know, a lot of these early. Chicago like pop punk bands mm -hmm. um you know Seraphine was part of that bill yeah and of that and like these bands would come out and I was like I want to get dog and everything there and um but that's kind of how it all started and then we got our first break because they were like you know what we're gonna throw you on our sound off CD release show no shit so we ended up playing yeah, the sound off CD release show in 04 at Metro and that was kind of like our first our first big gig at Metro that's a big and, deal and <laughs> I still have the door count do you really yeah I what was the, the door count that night uh well it was it was for tickets that people came in with our name and stuff like that okay um but it was all the bands mm -hmm. so it wasn't like pre-sale and stuff like that but i think the dog had like it was like 400 and some for them but mm -hmm. we we had brought of the three openers we brought the most it was like 65 that's, paid or something like that that's awesome. was, which was like huge for us like, that is like it's not even our hometown like it's right you know an hour some from our house um mm -hmm. so that that was kind of our our, our start with them so um, but we've we've stayed in contact with with them for the most part, and then we yeah. started playing shows with LBC and stuff like that. And I was trying to remember when I was talking to Jason from the Runaround the other day, because I asked him, I said, "What happened to those guys and the dog and everything?" And I can't, he, I can't remember what the hell he told me, but yeah, they just all kind of like they record now. Yeah, that's yeah, what he was. That's what he was saying. They they mainly run. They just, write. They write. I mean, they're doing it right. I mean, that's what I'd do if I could. You know, right? Write, they write songs for artists. They are. Uh, produce record um you know they're doing they're doing probably the way i i wish i 
you know, the way you go now that if you want to do something with a career in music, that's like what you do, you know, so mm -hmm. why, why slave away doing all, you know, loading your gear, touring, et cetera, and not making yeah. any money. Right. I'll just write the songs for these guys. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the, the way I would do it if I could. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was, that was uh, the beginning of my career. Yeah. Gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> yep. I, it just seems like it was yesterday, but it was so long ago. Yeah. Already. <clears throat> yeah. That was, I think it ended, all that stuff ended around 07. Right around when I started Danger, it was kind of like already, mm -hmm. it was already done and over with. Well, when did Danger split after? Because they said. 2010. Oh, it wasn't even, so it was only. We did 2007 to 2010. I thought it was 12, but I guess that's a little longer no. than. We got back together. We played one show, 2016. And the show in 2017. I kind of remember that. Yeah. Those shows popping up, but I can't remember who was who was on them. Yeah, it was Inept. We we toured with Inept a few times. That's what uh, it was. So Kevin always would yeah. throw... If they were going to do an Inept reunion show, they, he'd always hit us up and be like, hey, like, mm -hmm. if you want to jump on there. Yeah. Um, it's just hard to do now because everyone lives... You know, obviously, three of us still live around here, uh, the Chicago area, but Gabe lives in... Uh, the singer lives in... <clears throat> he should just call me on the random, but he moved from Minneapolis to uh, Green Bay now. Oh. Yeah. Oddly enough. Random. Yeah, that's pretty random. Still in the area. I mean, in the Yeah, man, it's not like it couldn't happen, like couldn't yeah. come down for like a weekend or something like that. Yeah, but, but no, yeah. definitely. And I know Inept, some of those guys are different. They're doing some other stuff. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the guys kind of split off and did their own thing and stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah. but every once in a while, everyone kind of gets back together and relives the, the glory days. Yep. Yeah. As we're seeing with this new tour that you wanted to bring up. Oh yeah, I was just gonna ask what uh, you know what your take was on if you've had a chance to listen to any of the the new music that's been released by any you know Green yeah, Day, yeah, yeah. Fall Out Boy, or um, even Weezer. I don't, I haven't listened to. I've only listened to the Green Day single because okay. that's like the main band. Was it was that a thing? Was it? I mean, I, I really didn't pay a huge attention to it. But they they all released new. I, I know uh, someone posted something about a new Fall Out Boy song. Yes. Someone I probably you posted about the new Green Day song. I did. Is there a new? Was it like a thing they all kind of got together and were like now, Let's just release new music? Yeah, the out? Weezer one. I wasn't even sure if they actually released a song yet. I'm. I think they did. Okay. Because they all have new records coming out next year gotcha gotcha. and for sure fallout boy and green day have both released singles. i've heard both of those songs yeah I, I mean but weezer i'm not sure if they've released a single yet i did read their record is coming out in may gotcha green days is coming out in february and i don't remember as far as fallout boy i can't remember when they're they're putting out another greatest hits record is oh, okay. what they're doing gotcha and i can't remember when that's coming out i forgot that date probably a greatest hits with like some new b-side something and i think that was probably like the okay. single they released was i think one yeah of those... I, I i listened to a little bit of that single i listened to a little bit of the green day one um it's cool yeah you <laughs> i mean it's it's whatever is it my personal like what i would listen to no yeah um i've seen a lot of of uproar about both the the fallout boy and got, the, the green day it. it's, it's funny i i find the fallout boy thing funnier the Green Day one isn't too far off from what they do. It no, makes sense. like it's 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 different, but it's not like holy crap, this is different. You know what I'm saying? And I find it funny that the Fall Out Boy crowd. There's obviously those like 
the, the split crowd, right? There's either the, I love what's going on now or the, I, I love the old stuff. Right. Yeah. And if it's me, I probably lean towards the old stuff. Um, however, I find it funny is I feel like, you know, everyone's always like, well, they, they progress to this different sound and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it funny that I think they have more, more songs that are this new style than they have old songs, older style songs. Because I think Infinity on High, there's a, a, a handful of songs that have the vibe of current Fall Out Boy than the old Fall Out Boy. Correct. But, so I, I don't think there's but much. But people like, still love that record. Yeah. Though. And I think I think that's where it splits, though. That record's like the last of the, you either, it's your diehards like up to that album. Right. Or the new people are like, I like everything, mm-hmm. you know. But it's it's also weird, too, is that. Like Green Day, you know, you know, you're talking about a band that's or Weezer even. You talk about a band that's spanned, you know, they're going on 20 years as a band. You know what I'm saying? So longer. So there's there's the people that are listening to this album that, or their new stuff that mm-hmm. don't have a damn clue of anything that that even existed, you know, pre 2004 or, or, or not even that like before their breakup. I mean, there's like I think that was like a half halfway point, right? They. They're a completely new band from 2013 13 when they, yep. you know, they did like the five years off or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, is it my cup of tea? No. Mm-hmm. Am I rocking out to anything they put out since 2007? No. <laughs> However, <laughs> let them do the thing, man. I yeah. mean, they're, they're in, as far as Chicago goes, I mean, they're probably the biggest band to come out of Chicago and in, in the last in my, 30 years. Yeah. Them yeah. and you got Rise Against, you know. But but, but in, Fall in, terms Boy, of, in terms of sheer people know who they are, there isn't a band in Chicago that people know more than them in the last 30 years. It's true. People can say Smashing Pumpkins, but that's not really... No, you because know, Fall Out Boy for sure. has crossed the streams. And that's, and that's, I think, the business side of it. Yeah, but that helps. That's, that, that pizza fucking... He's a, a crazy good business guy. I mean, yeah. How do I stay relevant? I just keep changing with the times. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right. I could never do it. Like yeah. I can't, I, I physically don't know how to write a song that would fit with today's like new school. You know what I'm saying? Where, where it kind of crosses over to that dance, that dance world, you know what I'm saying? But still kind of has that pop punk vibe mm-hmm. and stuff. I couldn't do it. I, I just don't know how to do it. And I'm not saying I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. I would f- Hell no, yeah, if I, I cash in, hell yeah, I would cash in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how, it, honestly, I don't know how how bands do that either, but I think, I, I I would guess that would be why Fall Out Boy reigns over the some of the other yeah. bands from Chicago, because, like, you'll hear Fall Out Boy not only on rock radio or alternative They're radio, place. you hear them on top 40 pop radio, because, like, yep. their singles have bled over into the the type of music that gets played on the radio station I work for, which is right. a top 40 pop station. Right. You know, and, so and they've got as, that crossover action. Yeah, and as far as the other band, like Weezer, for instance, and now Weezer's the heartbreak of all for me, because I was big, heavy Weezer before anyone knew who Weezer was. Like, mm-hmm. I was rocking out to Weezer in, like, shit junior high yeah. right it was like their, I remember their first album coming out and I was like one of the first albums I bought was the blue album you know I saw Weezer like Weezer was one of my first concerts I went to like without my parents you know yeah like they took me to see like 
Charlie Daniels band or some like crazy <laughs> shit like like they were into. But yeah, as far as the first concert that I went to by myself, that was like your buddy, generation. My generation, like my yeah. shit was Weezer, no doubt. Original Weezer lineup. Oh my god, touring behind Pinkerton, like at the World Theater in Tinley Park, which yeah. is now whatever Hollywood. Uh, now it's Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. But yeah. but like. I was all about that band. Kids in high school would make fun of me for listening to it because in high, when I was in high school, if you didn't listen to Corn, you were a loser, man. Dude, that's no how one, I no felt. No one even liked you. That's how I felt, man. I like, was listening to Green Day and everyone else was listening to Corn right, right. and Lincoln Green Park. Day, and... Like, Green Day, I liked when I was in high school and stuff like that and junior high and stuff, but they weren't like that relatable band to me where these guys were like relatable. They were like normal dudes. You know, Green Day kind of, they, they were crazy. They had the green hair. And, right. And they were like, Weezer was like the Weezer was like They were like band. the normal people. Yeah. Like thrift store. I was shopping at thrift stores. Yeah. Like these were like the guys like I related to, you know, and I thought their music was great. And, you know, obviously they put out Pinkerton. And, and I think that's where the heartbreak with that band goes is that they, they put out such good music, like good thought out music first and then digressed into kind of this more mainstream like you know more generic i guess they went from being intellectual to generic if that makes sense i a mean a little bit i mean I and, feel they, like... and they do make some there's some sprinkles in there that i mm-hmm. like of new weezer mm-hmm. like you know Pork and Beans. I think that's a good song. I was going to say it's like one of my favorite Weezer, songs. But it sounds like old Weezer. It does. So, you know, you know there's some, you know, I, I like the the greatest man uh, that ever was or whatever that, whatever that song is off of the Red Album. Um, I don't, like, I don't know their catalog super yeah, well. Yeah, well, anyway, so they, they have a few songs that are, like, good. And they probably, mm-hmm. most of their albums, like, they have at least one song that I'm like, all right, that's a good song. Yeah. But overall, as far as, like, you know, people always talk about, like, well, it, you know, you don't like their new stuff because they like, you know, blossomed into like this new sound and it kind of mm-hmm. grew their sound. It's, I think it's the opposite for them is they didn't grow their sound. They actually regressed in, in their sonically speaking mm-hmm. um, with Everyone's dots got... of, with dots of like good stuff in there. And yeah. I think they're good. I've seen them live so many times, you know, I've seen them. I've heard they put on a really great yeah, show. Yeah, I've probably seen them five or six times. Um, but again, I'm also appears to, uh, the, if it was original lineup i'd be like mm-hmm. all about dude i would be i'd have bought the tickets yesterday if it was original lineup yeah. for sure yeah um but yeah they're, they're just a band and i think it was because I, they were they were so close to my heart when i was like growing up that obviously you get a little more attached kind of like you yeah. know for you probably green day you know like, that's yeah like you you are gonna look deeper into that than anyone will like I well, it's like it. you're you're looking deep into weezer i look deep into yeah green like day. i listen to the green day song yeah. and i'm like it's it's fine. Like I don't. It's. Am I gonna rock out to it? No, I probably wouldn't rock out to any of those any of those bands right now. But you know, it's not far off from what they were doing, and it's it's good good overall stuff. And if if you can get anybody to like it nowadays, I hey man, I tip your hat. If you're a band that's playing guitars and 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 you know real live drums and stuff like that, like I'm gonna root you on because the the world is starting to really miss out on all that stuff. Yes. So. I wish them all the best. And I really wish that tour, like, I really hope that tour reinvigorates live music for people. I think it will, or just for the, you know, the genre, the rock, yeah, that's what I'm saying. the rock like, genre. I think it will, because that's such a big, it's three mega bands. Yeah, like yeah. you throw them together and not on, on top of that, ska 
is involved. Yeah, and so I, is I saw Punk the Interrupters Rock opening. Because Interrupters is on that tour. Yeah, yeah, like, and, and that's the a band fact I've that, never really listened to much. The fact that a ska punk band but is on that tour. I feel like, that had, is, like that's like a Billy Joe thing. Well, must have... the connection is there because uh, Interrupters are connected with Tim Armstrong. There you go. Yeah. And obviously Tim Armstrong and Billy Armstrong have a long history because they, you know, they we're at Gilman Street together. Right, 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 right. They've played together for makes years. Sense. That makes sense. Because I, I kind of yeah. listen, I heard that, I'm like, it's a little, it's, of all of it, it's a little random, but mm-hmm. I'm like, it's perfect, you know? I think it could have been a lot more random, honestly. Oh, yeah, it could have been like Lil Wayne or something. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lil Wayne's going to get on that tour. Uh, no, um, I, I was just really happy. They should have brought to... back Lil John. <laughs> there you go. It would have been a perfect comeback for him. And wow. he would have stormed off the stage just like Lil Wayne did and complained yeah. about how no one liked his music. But um, no, I I was just so happy to see <clears throat> that they are the the opener of that massive yeah, sure. tour. Because that is going to do so much for them and so much for the that genre right, right. as well. You know, So it's kind of like... Um, and obviously that shows that those three bands are tipping the hat to where they came from Yeah, because they came from, from that, that scene, you know, they came from that ska punk scene, you know, so all three of them and in some sense came from that, that, even though they're not that now, they came from, right. They came from that. Yeah. I think it's a good, I think it's a good, you know. I don't know if I'm gonna go. Being, yeah, it's, being you, it's, you said it's, you said you weren't really thinking about going, but and it kind of broke my heart because I was planning on buying you a ticket. Well, so, hey, yeah. if you want to buy the tickets, <laughs> now that's a different story. You know, I've got my pre-sale code that you need to have. Yeah, and I, they I, go on sale. I saw it. And I'm like, week. I'm like, I don't, I don't really go to. It's bad. I don't, I don't really go to a ton of shows much anymore. Yeah, um, it's hard. It's hard. It's just, it's, it's, it's the other side of it is like, there really isn't as much, you know you know, cool local, you know, places anymore. You know, you still got the big places, but I don't, I'm not a big fan of big shows. Yeah. And that's obviously massive. That's Wrigley Wrigley Field. Field, One, I don't want to spend a hundred dollars for a ticket, you know, two, I don't like outdoor shows, period. I Mm -hmm. hate how they sound. Um, And I I don't like, I I like small, intimate club settings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now if it was each of those bands, you know, coming out and, and, and separately maybe doing like a show each night at a small club, like that would be cool as hell. Yeah. You know, but big, big things to like, yeah, I'm not really feeling that at all. Uh, but I will tell you what I do miss. And what I thought about with that was, you know, how they threw like the interrupters on there and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what is really lacking in, especially in the Chicago music scene is that there is no band anymore that really does that. Um, embrace the local scene. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, I mean, you remember LBC used to do every every year was the songs from a scene. It was always mm-hmm. like two nights. There'd always be like six random bands that you had no idea who they were because it was already going to be sold out. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of bands that can pull that off where they could sell out a night or two nights or multiple nights and then just throw some up and coming or or just some bands that you know really need that help getting out there and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean that's it's funny you mention that cuz when I think of that I don't just think of Lucky Boys, but I think of um I feel like Inept and kind of I feel like Inept kind of did yeah, that yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, oh, but a lot of those bands do that. They're they're and but th- those that's a different era. Right, but, exactly. But that's what I'm saying no... is, is there's not I don't think and, and I would I'd venture to say there isn't any local band 
you know, at that not at that stature. at the stage where they could actually on their own sell out a big venue like Metro, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like a thousand cap or whatever. I guess the only bands you could say that maybe do that um, on occasion. Um, remember on their own and then just, just put randoms on it. Like you could, yeah. like a, sh- a band that played their first show, you know what I'm saying? Like they I, have to be able to sell it out without anyone being announced as an opener. Mm-hmm. There is no, I, I guarantee you there's no one in Chicago that can do that now. Not that, I mean, I know like you've got, okay, what? And, and that, but I know there's it's different times. It's different times. I mean, you've got. I'm trying to think of a band that's not tied to a label or that's not... Well, LBC was tied to a label and they're doing it. True. That's true. I mean, okay, I know real friends, sometimes they have local shows. They they partner up a lot with... Knuckle Puck. Big bands, you know. Not not big, but I'm I'm saying like in the scene, pretty big bands. Yeah, but sometimes they like have small shows once in a while. I think while. they stopped doing that though. I, I believe like well, the CVFW hall shows that they stopped doing. They they've got a tour, I don't know, it either just started or just but ended. But the point being about is to start. That, that I that no, I get what you're saying. Back. Like that, I get what that, you're saying. That real scene camaraderie that used to be the early 2000s, yeah. you know, if if you right. want if you want it to live, live on, you know yeah. what I'm saying? No, like, I get what you're saying and I I think those and there's people those, trying, there's people that try. I mean, yeah that want it back. And I've had conversations that, you know, outside of venues with people that like really sincerely want to do that. But mm-hmm. I, I just think it's tough, man. Nowadays, no. for sure. It's no, it is. Tough. And and the thing is the, the bands that are established that can sell out those size of venues are, it doesn't necessarily work with their business plan right. at this point. Where they might want to make new fans or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, it, that's kind of the, the scene you're in now. Yeah. It's, it's just, I will say, though, it was cool. Um, I remember, I don't know if it's been a couple years now, but Kyle and Dave from Real f- Friends were throwing shows um, – as you know, as promoters, the Centennial at, Bowl stuff. Right? Yeah, the Centennial that's what, that's Bowl what I, stuff. That's what, and that I was, was cool. About. I think that that, that was cool. Though. It did. Yeah, and and I think that's been at least a couple years ago. Now, Real Friends wasn't; they weren't on those shows. Sure, but their names were attached to it. Right, right. And they and would it was book. Something to do. It was it was it was kind of a throwback to what it used to be, like from there because they came from that. Scene. Right. Yeah. That, that's that's what would be cool to get back, but mm-hmm. you know, too far gone. I think. Yeah, I can't. But there'd be, it'd be nice to see some of these other bands like coming up, like really step up, and you know, and and to a point, like you know, Fall Out Boy could always do it. You know, they didn't come if, back to really do anything and throw a bunch of local bands on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So stuff like that. Like, there's no real reinvigorating. I'm sure someone. I'm sure someone will do something. You especially know? since the 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 style the 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 generations kind of moved on to different you know style and stuff like that. Well, but that's my hope with this new, with that tour being announced. Well, the thing is, it might, it might reinvigorate people to do stuff like that again. It might, yeah. Um, but like, kind of like I said earlier, there's there's just so much so much saturation of of live music yeah, going on, and it's not just the the punk oriented. No, genre. It's everything. It's everything, everything yeah. man. You like the every clubs and you got everything it. you can possibly think of. There's always a show going on, and there's multiple shows a night, and all your friends. Like you've got yeah, you're pulled the five different directions. Like, like all the time. Like I've got the option if I 
if I pull up my phone, I pull up Facebook and like, okay, what show do I want to go to this Friday if I'm free? Well, there's like five right. that I could go to, yeah, <laughs> that true. I could go to, you know? Well, aren't you Mr. Popular? Well, <laughs> I'm just saying like there's that many, like that many bands. I'm not saying that I'm Mr. No, I, I get it. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's more choice than there was. There's a lot more choice. Whereas, yeah, I, I, like back in the day, it used to be... I'm just going to go to this VFW, whoever's playing, it's whoever's playing. Exactly. Yeah, there's not not that anymore. And so. there wasn't, I feel like it was easier for a local to become Lucky Boys or become... Well, it was more word of mouth back then, whereas now it's not. Right. There's just so many Now so Now many it's, bands. I can listen to these bands, I can watch them live without having to leave my house, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like we're just doing like right now. <laughs> some people watching us now, yeah. Uh, um so yeah, yeah, I, I get it, I get it. Yeah, but that'd be the that'd be ideally like yeah. something you know bringing that back that style yeah. that Craig and Jacques trying to solve <laughs> solve the world's issues. I love it. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I'm gonna ponder on that now. now that you, you brought maybe, that up. Maybe you start your own uh, booking company now. I mean, I've you I've got w- a barn in your backyard. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I've thought about you know tying my names to shows, but it's just like I don't have the time to like put together something strong and authentic. I've, I've wanted to um, start doing something once a year to have some kind cool. of like a pop pumpkin pizza, like festival, even if it's just one day, you know, but then again, there's so many festivals happening. It's back to that oversaturation thing. So I don't know. It'd have to be done right. Sure. But there's nobody that's doing pop pumpkin pizza as a festival. Just so. offer, you got to offer it as you buy your ticket, you get free pizza. I mean, realistically, get, get, uh, the, who is it? I'm, uh, this is Mama Grazana. Mama Grazana's could sponsor. I mean, realistically, with throwing those two things together, there's so many options you could right. throw together. So, but that's definitely something I've well, next about year doing. coming coming yeah. next year. Hey, it could Pop this Punk and Pizza. Festival this is uh, sponsored by Mama Grazano. <laughs> it's going to be hopefully sponsored by somebody soon. I'm working. I'm mm-hmm. working on it. Getting the gears turning. So. There we go. We started something today. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. But yeah. How many viewers we got? Five. Now we're down to one. Oh. <laughs> but it was up to. I don't know what it was up to earlier. But yeah, now it's hi a, one viewer. Yeah, I'm not sure who the one viewer is, but thank you for for watching. But now, I was, now, I was like, that, where did I put the? Now that here? we're just rambling. And now yeah, now we're just now, rambling. Now we can roll into the wrap up section yeah, of the segment. Right, here. but um, I'm, so I and the rest the, of this pizza. Long story short, Craig Miller is the the front man of Zombie Schoolboy. You should listen to them. You've honestly got plenty of material to listen to at this point, even though you haven't been a band super long. Um, yeah, you've got quite a few. Two years, not even. Yeah. Two yeah, I think three, it was two years. Yeah, yeah, about two years. Yeah, because it's two, yeah, it's 2019. So, um, and of course, you have Hey California out right now. Um, I know your shows are here and there, but when you do have a show, they're usually they're they're a decent yeah, we've, show. We've, like we've kind of the last kinda, one was with Newfound Glory. Yeah, um, we've kind of dwindled down to a show here and there. You know, once in a while, because um, we talked about it. Already. It's it's. Yeah, it's not worth slaving away, bringing your gear out, and you know. Not that I'm saying we don't love playing live. Well, it's just you guys have other things to focus on. It's if we're gonna, you know, take the time, and you know, everyone's got, you know, Bill's got like 
three other bands he's working with and, and right. they're all like you know cover bands and he you know you make money on the weekends and you know so you kind of give that up to go play for a passion piece yeah um so yeah we've we've kind of dwindled down to once every few months let's just say that mm-hmm. so so there's nothing coming up as of now that you want to tease uh, as of now no there was something in the works but i think that kind of fell through already okay. so um Nothing. I nothing. We got to tease. Maybe okay. some new music. Me and Bill are always always writing. Um, we've worked on quite a few country songs. Cool. Um, so that's, that's cool. There might be some country <laughs> stuff that because I know he plays. Yeah, he does country. He's kind of getting into the country like vibe now. Yeah. And we've talked about doing some stuff, you know, in Nashville, yeah. especially since you know we got some contacts down there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the songs are cool, actually. I'm not a I huge, would love to hear a I'm country. I'm not a huge country fan. I would love to hear country done by Craig um, and Billy. But writing music for country, I think, is something we can do pretty well. Yeah. So we'll see. Awesome. Well, I look forward to, you know, whatever, you know, is, is next as far as new yeah. music and stuff. Because I, I definitely love what uh, what you guys did with Ryan from All Time Low. So yeah. Maybe we'll yeah. work with him again. Yeah. That would be cool. I would. I know I would like that. So, <laughs> all right, man. Well, thank you sure. so much for coming by and eating pizza and and drink for the first time. Like this is a big deal, oh, dude. What'd you think? This, it's good. I mean, I drank all mine. I, I I've Empty can. got like just just a tad, just that much. But my white claw uh, cherry has been popped literally with a black cherry. With a black cherry. <laughs> so so yeah, this will be a pop punk and pizza podcast history. This, and this new staple. Yeah. I, I, See, now you can get Mama Grisano's and, and White, White Claw. <laughs> I think they're based in Chicago. Are they? I think White they're Claw is so from Chicago. Man. I think. There, but, there it is. Pop Punk and Pizza yeah. Festival White, with White Mama Grisano's. Sponsored by White Claw. Or White brought Claw. or made, made possible by White Claw. Something like that. All right. Well, thank you, Craig. Sure. Thank you. Once again, big thank you to Craig Miller of Zombie Schoolboy. Make sure you stream their latest single, Hey California, everywhere online, or you can even download it on Bandcamp or iTunes, whatever you prefer. But make sure you listen to it. And obviously you heard it earlier in the episode. Hopefully you liked it and you'll actually want to go buy it or stream it some more. You can hit them up on social media. Everything is at Zombie Schoolboy, including their band camp. It's zombieschoolboy.bandcamp.com. They currently don't have any shows coming up, as Craig mentioned, but you never know when one is going to pop up. Also, thank you to Fluorescence for letting me play their single, Seasons, before it actually hits streaming platforms this Friday. I was super stoked to be able to do like a little exclusive listening of that song before it, it hits the uh, streaming platforms. and That's a song I really dig. And it's also a perfect time to play that song, considering just a couple days ago, it was the first day of autumn. So I was like, huh, like this is perfect. So next week on the show, October 2nd, which is a Wednesday, a brand new episode of Pop Punk and Pizza is coming your way, and it's going to feature a special interview with Kyle D. and AJ Ka, the newest members of Makeout. You remember that song, Crazy, that dropped, what was it, two years ago already? kind of crazy that it's been that long ago okay that was a terrible pun (laughs) anyway so that's happening next week october 2nd here on bangarangradio.com 
or wherever it is that you stream this podcast. And that actually leads me to my next thing. Wherever it is that you listen to this podcast, please give us a review, a positive rating. It really does help and uh, further get the word out about this show. So I really appreciate that. And also make sure you, you hit us up on social media and stay up to date on everything that's happening in the scene or just with the podcast in general. But Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. My Twitter is On Air with JL. And then you got Bangarang Radio, both Facebook and Twitter, at Bangarang Radio. And then um, if you're in a band, you want to submit your music or you want to try to get an interview, whatever it is, get those submissions into me, those EPKs, um, press pages, all that stuff. Just as much information about your band as possible to bangarangradio at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. I'm really terrible sometimes at replying to emails, so I apologize in advance, but hit me up at bangarangradio at gmail.com. And not just for submissions. Maybe you just want to ask me a question or you got something else you want to talk about. Go ahead and hit me up at that email address. So thank you so much once again. I'm Jacques L'Amour. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next week with Kyle D. and AJ Ka of Makeout. Peace. Hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.